don't judge me. And I won't judge you. Cause it could get ugly before it gets beautiful. Please don't judge me. And I won't judge you. And if you love me, then let it be beautiful. 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 Everything I say right now. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host Justin Panic. And we got to recap the Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge press conference. But Justin, before that, Jerry Judy had a quote today. He was wearing the Star of David as a necklace. And they asked him why. He said, well, because they call me Jew, because my last name is Judy, and he's not a Jew. What do you what do you think of that? Because I, I have some takes. That was one of the most idiotic, and, you know, I, I well, we won't even talk about, you know, it was idiotic because it was insensitive, but... Literally, this is the biggest day of your life. Like, the NFL draft, I guess, is the second biggest day of your life. The pro day is up there, too. You know, Judy played for Alabama, so national championship was up there. But the but the scouting combine, in terms of your potential to make yourself a lot of money. <laughs> it's just it's so the dumb. Biggest day of your, it's, it's just the so biggest dumb. day of your life. And the fact that, first of all, how many people that he trusted laid eyes on him that day and thought, you know what? That's a great idea that you should walk out there with the Star of David necklace on. That's a and, great, great idea. And that's that's the thing of it, Justin. It's not that like, oh, why is this guy like this is insensitive, this is mean. It's just like you, you thought this was a good idea? That is what is the big issue for me. It's not like, oh, this is not right. You thought this was a good idea? Is this worse than Janoris Jenkins? It's up there because <laughs> Jenkins, in a way, that was that was a spur-of-the-moment thing. There had to be multiple conscious decisions. And like I said, how many people that he trusted probably saw him that morning getting ready and thought that, okay, that's fine. Go out there to the world and introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> That, I just blown away. Like did, he he actually said that. I couldn't believe it. It's just just dumb. <laughs> Anyways, we have the Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman presser. Justin, we can start with Joe Judge. I mean, how did you before we start getting into like individual points? How do you feel about Joe Judge as a whole from after today from the NFL Network interview and then obviously his you know twenty minute long press conference? Like just overall thoughts on it. So today. We definitely saw more of a fiery side to Joe Judge, and it honestly did intimidate me. Just how can you not be overall floored by how Joe Judge has carried himself so far as the Giants head coach in his brief two appearances that he's made? I'm fired up for it. I'm fired up for his philosophy. I'm fired up on how he's a leader of men. But today, Bobby, we saw a bit of a fiery side where he kind of got defensive with some questions, even though, you know, like, you know why, why does he need to get defensive uh, at all? It, it made me a, a kind of doomsday, not doomsday, a kind of 
uh, dark side of Justin's brain made me think, well, if the Giants come out and they're not successful to start the season, how's this guy going to be like with the media? I I certainly don't have any questions on how he's going to be like with the team, but Overall fan morale, uh, this this whole persona that you're putting off may be good when you're when number one when you're winning or number one when you're not playing football games, but when you're losing, how might it look? But I don't want to go there. And I, I hate that though. I, I hate that. It's one of my, the things that bothers me the most, Justin. I know I I guess I come from a different perspective on this, but I just like with Shermer, like when people complain, like oh the way he's with the media, and to me, I just could not care less about that. It's about what's going on in the field. It's about how he can get a, a locker room engaged, and it's about development of your players. That's really the only thing that I care about. Uh, so, like, this Joe Judge stuff, like, I'm kind of indifferent to it, and obviously, like, new is fresh, so, like, people like it when it's new. But, yeah, I agree with you 100%. If it doesn't go well to start off, and this attitude is going to be hated, which is loved right now, but it's going to be hated eventually. If we had the opportunity to sit down with Joe Judge for an interview tomorrow, I might have to say no. He intimidated the crap out of me today. Take this one off then, because I am not saying no to that. I my knees would be shaken, and I would be umming, and and I would need a moment to to catch my breath. I it, he intimidated me very much today. He wouldn't answer his questions. I mean that I that is a guarantee. He just would give you none, nothing answers. And Justin, I think we could start with that. We dealt with this in his initial press conference, and there's been a little, you know, media, like a, you know, a radio spot here or uh, the Senior Bowl when people got to talk to him. But this is the first time we got to hear his voice. He just won't name any players. No matter, everyone asks him about Daniel Jones. I mean, incessantly, and he has this policy where he's just like, I'm not going to name players. I'm not going to pit expectations on guys. I mean, and he even he even referenced it. Um, with like injuries. He's like, I'm not going to say this guy has a four to six week and then he comes back seven weeks and then people are saying he's soft and then vice versa. So he's just not putting anything on those guys. And he made it clear that it's not like, oh, that I don't like any of these guys. He's just flat out. He's not going to give any of these guys expectations or put them on a pedestal compared to other guys on the roster. Alex Tanny doesn't hear that, Justin, and be like, so if I do better than Daniel Jones, uh, the first week of camp, I'm the number one QB. No, I don't think anyone gets that, even though, you know, people are trying to pry and get them to say, like, ooh, maybe they draft a QB. Anyway, it's just kind of a nothing thing at this point, but it is with a with a very boring, you know, presser of what Joe Judge was. I, I guess that's the biggest thing that came out of it. Uh, we we were able to pull some some mini micro things that we'll have a, that we'll have some fun conversations around. But overall, between the two of these guys, uh, Judge and Gettleman, nothing where you're like, oh my God. And that's a very much a good thing. And that's very much what we what we want. But you talked about expectations, and I think that's the most powerful point. I think Gettleman probably sided more with saying, you know, Jones is our guy and whatnot. And that's good. You want management to give more of a front, especially, you know, that now that we're now that we're possibly dealing with trade talks and whatnot with other teams, we want management to give a certain front. But for our new head coach to come in and say he wants to give everyone a clean slate in terms of having no expectations on anyone, because, you know, if he comes out and he praises Barkley and he praises Jones, uh, fine, nobody would bat an eye to that. But at the same time, I just think it's the best philosophy and approach to this season. I'm fine with it. There's nothing really to dissect it rather than it's yeah. good not to put expectations on players. And he explained it. And honestly, I'm not like 
like this is kind of nothing for me. It's not, not like, oh, I love this policy. They're making them earn it. Because he even said, like, internally, like, because they've been meeting, and that'll get into another topic, that they have expectations. They're just not going to make them public right. and not let them know to the whole team. Publicly, uh, right. And, right. So, like, if you think that him and Jason Garrett uh, are talking about the offense and are like, see, Alex Tanney can do this, like, is you're just kind of in banana land. So, it, it, it is what it is, and that's just who Joe Judge is, and... Uh, one of our listeners, though, did ask us a question on Twitter, Justin, and I thought it would be fun. Who will be the first player that he names? Oh, first player. Probably when we sign a free agent. That's my guess. If we sign a big-name free agent, I'm guessing in terms of if we have – now, usually they don't they don't really do the uh, – press conferences for free agents aren't, aren't really a thing anymore, right? But that's my guess. Hmm. Big free agent comes in. We're going to talk about their potential, and we're going to talk about how great they are. I was going to say the first-round draft pick. So, since we both cheated, players that are currently on the team. I love cheating on questions that you ask me. It would ha- it would yeah, really have to be Jones, right? It would have to be Jones. No, it could just be like – he can like do it on accident. I can see it being like Golden Tate. How weird would it be to accidentally slip into a, a compliment of, uh, of Dalvin Tomlinson? I'm going Golden Tate wild card. So when it does happen, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna pull this audio and brag about it. So that that's that that's what it is with the Joe Judge naming thing. There's really nothing to it. Justin, next bullet point in the Joe Judge press conference. Oh, let's uh let's talk about um, uh, college dorm settings. I like it. I like it. You had a really good tweet on this. So if if you didn't watch the press conference, here's basically what this point is. Joe Judge talked about how the coaching staff right now, they are living at an apartment complex that's very close to East Rutherford, New Jersey, and very close to the facility. And Joe Judge compared this to almost as if it's like a college dorm setting, except they're not getting together and partying in togas. So he gave that clarifying point because that's definitely where everybody's brain would have gone. Anyway, so imagine if you're living at this apartment complex, Bobby, and you know nothing about football. You know nothing about football. But it's all these guys who probably dress the same going to work, and half of these guys are bald. So what is this cult of male pattern baldness doing? And I thought that was very, very funny, being a non-football fan and living at this apartment complex, not knowing what the hell is going on. Justin, think about the people that do know about football. I'm like, hey, what's up, Joe Judge? Glad you're the coach. What do you think about Daniel Jones? And he looks there dead in the eye. says, let me just make this clear right now. I will not be bringing up individual players and just goes off on him like he did Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he when he asked Daniel, Je- Daniel Jeremiah, asked him about like his first talk with Daniel Jones, and he acted like he was personally offended by it. But yeah, that apartment complex is upside down. Freddie Kitchens is farting all over the place and, and doing pranks. Now, I think Freddie Kitchens is like the pranker out of the coaching staff, but who do you think is the one that is being pranked the most? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, it's definitely Shuplinsky. Yeah, I think it's Shuplinsky. He kind of gives like that that nerdy look. Like, like let's go through it. Right? You know, Burton Burns, he's an, he's an old head. No, ain't nobody messing with him. Tyke Tolbert, he's kind of, you know, he's you know, a guy who's been there. Kitchens is the prankster. Mark Colombo. Mark Colombo, I could see helping him. But I feel like Mark Colombo would be a great person to prank because he would get, he wouldn't like think it's funny. He would just get really mad. And then Bielma, I don't know. He just he I love Bielma's voice. 
And I, <laughs> I don't I don't know enough about the other guys. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think it's Jerry Shuplinski is the one that's being pranked the most. Well, Hend- is is Henderson the defensive back coach? Yeah, Jerome Henderson. Yeah, I feel like Henderson's definitely a bit of an outsider. I just I I get that I get that vibe, I get that feeling. So he's not a guy that you would prank, but definitely Shuplinski. Yeah, or I'd like some of the assistants like Jody Wright, who follows me. No big deal. Ooh. Shout out Jody Wright. Yeah, so male pattern baldness cult. Uh, that's what we got going on in northern in northern New Jersey right now. Do you think Gettleman's made his way over to the apartment complex? No. It's it's like a fraternity. Strictly strictly coaches only. I like it. I like it. I like it. I would love to be in there for a day. He uh, he was asked about some of the coaches. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, obviously, he you know he spoke longly of him. Uh, Brett Bielma, he basically he answered the Brett Bielma question. He's like, I'm not going to answer hypotheticals, but he's basically said, when you put together a good staff, people are going to be interested. So that he said that's it. That's a good problem to have. So I thought that was interesting, but he he kind of attacked it with the same approach that he does with the player, the individual player stuff. He's like, if I do this, this uh, hypothetical, then I have to do that hypothetical. And it just opens me up to have to do all this kind of stuff. So I like that answer. And it's basically what it was, too, is guys are going to get looks. And Belma has, has been a proven guy, so he gets looks, especially when college teams are desperate because Mike D'Antonio and Michigan State completely screwed them. So that's, that is that, Justin. That is that. What else, what else do we have from the, the Joe Judge presser? I thought it was interesting uh, how Judge uh, basically said in between in between the time coaches are watching workouts and players, they're installing scheme. I thought that was kind of like an awesome tidbit and how they're using their time in Indianapolis. Uh, Judge gave the date of April 6th as to when they want to have kind of quote unquote answers for players. You know, when when you're going to have mostly the most of the team walk in, you think that's for OTAs, correct? I'm almost for sure that it's. That there's an OTA then. Because remember Eli and all them were there or before Minikin. draft? Remember Eli said, like, hey, I think they're going to draft QB? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm pretty sure that's what that is. And that's when all the players will be there. So so I thought that was pretty cool. You know, you, you kind of I, – I liked hearing the we need to have, quote-unquote, answers for the players. I thought that was an interesting tidbit, which also makes me ask, if they're installing scheme this week in Indianapolis in between – uh, what is already a very hectic week to begin with? What the hell are they doing in the apartment complex? But that's <laughs> that's just a a weird a weird question I have. He also um, said that he takes the train instead of a flight so he can uh, do work on the, on the way home to Massachusetts. Yes, which that's significant. Uh, I uh, tweeted at my buddy Snacks. Uh, sna- shout out Snacks on the Fade the Public uh, Big Dogs Got to Eat Fantasy Football Podcast. Snacks is a very obsessive Giants fan. So I was like, all right, let's start let's start spending our weekends on Amtrak trains and see if we can just run into Joe Judge. That's actually not a bad idea. Um, it would be a lot of money. <laughs> It'd be a lot of money Are to go expensive? up and down from uh oh yeah, from uh from either I think it would be cheaper and it would also just be a lot easier for him to leave out of Nork Penn, Nork Penn Station instead of New instead of New York Penn Station. So going from Nork to you know, if he goes to Boston, you know, if, if that's if that's the stop that he gets off, that's that's pretty that's pretty expensive. It's also a very very long train ride. It's got to be it's got to be over five hours. I would just fly and spend less time traveling. Uh, we get it, we get it, Joe Judge. You're tough. He's a baller on a budget. He also yes, he also said uh, we're not the Giants don't have cheerleaders, so we're not going to have any in the in the uh, the front in the office. So basically saying we don't want cheerleader coaches. Uh, which I think a lot of people thought that's what Pat Shermer was. 
because he never really said anything negative about the players and part of the reason why I didn't lose the locker room. Um, and that's great if you're winning, but if you have, if you lose your first season and then you're losing beginning of your second season, then that's when people start to hate you. So basically, basically the conclusion of the Joe Judge press conference for me, Justin, is if he wins, we're going to love him. If he doesn't win, <laughs> we're going to hate him. I mean, that is the kind of stuff you tune in the Talking Giants for. You don't get that information on any other Giants podcast. We're not afraid to go there. We're not afraid to say we won't like it if we lose. Um, but another interesting tidbit of the whole uh, presser was uh, the fact that Judge uh, talked about uh, sharing timetables for injuries because that was really a, a huge kind of controversial piece of last year. You know, particularly if you look at Sterling Shepard, if you look at Saquon Barkley with the whole, you know, their their whole injuries and how they were rushed back at certain points of the season last year. You can argue that Shepard was rushed back after he broke his thumb in preseason, and then you can argue that Saquon Barkley was rushed at was rushed back after sprain having a high ankle sprain. So this is what Judge basically commented about sharing timetables for injuries. He won't be sharing any timetables when an injury happens. Injury reports will basically speak for themselves. Again, this is another point about creating an expectation. He does not want to create an expectation on a player's toughness based on when they do or don't come back from an injury by making those timelines public. Uh, sounds very, very much like uh, our buddy uh, Bill Belichick in New England, who, frankly, this is actually something that I've been wondering about for years, Bobby, because we would hear from the Giants and we would have beat reporters tweet out like Saturday night, okay. Saquon Barkley's inactive, Evan Ingram's inactive Saturday night. When, if you really think about it, a distinctive like game planning advantage would be, and Belichick does this, would be to wait literally until Sunday morning at 11 a.m. and then publish the injury report, you know, who's active and who's not then. So I don't know why the Giants started doing this Saturday night. Like, it was, specifically, it was this past year, and I got a little frustrated by it, but. I mean, Shermer did that too. I mean, remember people getting mad at him when he wouldn't say that Saquon was active? I have the little quarrel of why are we putting out Saturday night that guys are inactive or active? And I also recognize that this little this little think quarrel. That's a big deal. I, I I I think it is. Think of the think of the game planning advantage that you have if you know or don't know if a guy is going to be playing Saturday. Yeah, night if you know compared on Thursday, to Sunday morning, Saturday, Saturday night when you you have done meeting with your team, I just. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I just don't think it's that big a deal, honestly. Wow, way to go. Way to go. Way to, <laughs> hey, make, way to make my point hey, valid. We're not afraid to disagree on this show. We're not afraid to go there, as we as you guys have seen. We are freaking – this is like first take for Giants. Oh, gosh. Um, anything else on the Joe Judge presser? Um, ba, 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 ba. Yes. Yes. Last point that I have. Is it going to be another bad one? No. It's funny how people on Giants Twitter interpreted Joe Judge's comment today about not signing older players to be teachers as the Giants just flat out won't be signing any older players. I found yeah. that to be hilarious. This is not going to make people happy. But like the Jonathan Stewart like comment from a couple years ago from Gettleman. That's just talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like They didn't sign Jonathan Stewart to be like, this guy is going to be a great teacher. They signed him to be the backup running back. That's what they signed him for. So... Again, it's something that people just hey, overblow everything. So, yeah, we probably will be signing some veterans. 
in my honest opinion. No, but there are actually legitimate Giants pages out, out there that I've interacted with recently that are acting like signing older players. And I'm not even talking about 37, 38-year-old Antoine Bethea. I'm talking about players that are relatively early in their 30s. We get People it, Justin. Act like, Devin McCourty is still available. Yeah, yeah, he freaking is, Bobby Skinner. People act like, you know, signing veteran players and signing guys that are possibly looking for their second, you know, their second contract, their second contract that is out of their rookie contract. So they got their big money, you know, for the multi-year, and now they're looking for their second contract post-rookie deal. People act like that's a bad thing. And Bobby, on this Giants defense, particularly if you look on this Giants defense, literally almost every single one of the starters that they have right now, they're on their rookie deals. You can't be rebuilding for you can't be rebuilding forever. You can't. There's a value to having some sort of veteran presence, and that's not necessarily to teach. And that was Judge's overall point. That's another thing that bothers me. Like, what's the point of having good players if you're rebuilding? Because you can't just put Shut slop up. out there. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I. What? You can't be rebuilt. This is Bobby. What's this the is point of having Golden Tate if we're not going to win next year? Yeah. So put Ramsey's Barden back in. Yeah. Go ahead. Like go ahead. Damari Scott. We could put Damari Scott in. Yeah. And you can't, can't take, take a freaking handoff. Hand oh, buy me a Coke, Jinx. No. Buy you water. Anyways, oh, that's right. We're on our we're on our diet. We're on our challenge. I'm down. I'm down 16 pounds. Suck you, it. No, no, you're kidding. I'm not, bro. I I'm one. I'm tall, so it goes by quicker. And it's it's the first couple weeks are always the easiest, Justin. And then I haven't even started yet. We'll get freaking started, and I'm not buying you no dang Coca Cola. All I'm right, giving you a head start, Dave Gettleman. No, I want to talk about something one else. I want to talk about something else first. Oh my gosh, then do it. So here here's a check-in on our beat reporters. Some of them have have had a really rough trip in Indianapolis so far. Ryan Dunlavy spent 2 days in in Indianapolis, didn't even get checked into his room, and Patricia Trainia, her bag didn't even leave Nork International Airport. So I don't know what she has been doing in terms of clothing, but I just want them to know, if they're listening, that our hearts are with you. Keep That's fighting true. the good fight in Indianapolis. That is true. You just buy new clothes. That's what I do. When I, There's been times where it's like, damn, I need to do laundry. And I'll just go to Walmart and buy, buy a new shirt and a pair of shorts. Uh, it's, it's, I've done it more than one time, Justin. It's just, it's just part of growing up. All right. Can we get to Dave Gettleman now? Do we have your permission, Justin? Yes, we are We are ready. Dun, 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 dun. Dave Gettleman spoke to the media immediately after Joe Judge. And Justin, we couldn't really get a read on what Dave Gettleman and the Giants plan to do in free agency or the draft. And quite frankly, that is a good thing. Because some quotes made it seem like he was drafting defense for sure. And then another quote made it seem like he was going to draft an offensive tackle. Some quotes made it seem like we were going to trade back, and some thought that we were going to stay at four and pick the best player available. That's what I like out of that presser. Do do we want to start with an audio clip of the whole – because they, they Benjamin Solak, who works for the Draft Network, and I know what people do. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert in human, human behavior, Justin. They know that <laughs> Dave Gettleman quotes get clicks. They just do because he – in the past, he's just he's kind of said some wild stuff. So everybody, 
I mean, every person that I don't uh, that I follow that isn't like just Giants related was at the Dave Gettleman presser. None of them were at Joe Judge, but they all went for Dave Gettleman. And they're like, oh, the this that offense offense is just offense. You throw the ball, pass the ball, and defense wins championships. And people were like, this guy is a friggin' dinosaur. So play the clip for some context for your boy. Those guys your dad walked in the door. Offense scores points. Defense wins championships. That's the way it is. In the six, from what I ended, from what I'm told, in the six Super Bowl games where it was the number one offense against the number one defense, the number one defense is five and one. And I was on the wrong end of, a, of that stick in 15. Analytics. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, I, you, you can't, you can't expect your defense. You know, to hold someone to three points every week, you can't do that, and you can't expect your offense to score fifty every week. So you you've got to play complimentary football. It's the most obvious take of all time, but people got so mad. Actually, I, I want to say a lot of people got mad, but people got mad at that. It's like it's just a basic take. Like defense wins championships. That's a base. That's a cliche. It's a football cliche, and he's right. And you know, he brought up the you know the Super Bowls and whatnot. And I love how everyone's like, eh, but look at the Chiefs. No one's saying, like, it's a, it's a, it's a game of nuance. And I, I feel like I've said that a million times on this show. But it's a game of nuance. He said defense wins championships. Does it not? Should should having a great defense be a priority for the Giants? And and a mo- the 90% of people want the Giants to draft a defensive player anyway. So what are we freaking out about? Um, and, like, nobody nobody's, like, looking at free agency like, oh, we got to go get these offensive players except for maybe Conklin. But for the most part, we're – we're looking at free agency saying we got to fill some holes on defense. The Giants literally have arguably only one starting linebacker on the team right now. And that's Ryan Conley, who's coming off a torn ACL. The Giants do not have a single cornerback on their roster that's not on their rookie deal. I'm pretty sure, at least established corner. Sam Beal is, you know, what he's he's now in his third, third or fourth year, depending on how many years he's been freaking injured. DeAndre Baker's obviously on his rookie deal. Grant Haley, slot undrafted guy out of Penn State, so who knows what his contract looks like, but he's going into his third year too. And if you look on that defensive line, B.J. Hill's on his rookie deal, Davin Tomlinson's still on his rookie deal. I, I, we don't need to go through literally every single guy in this defense. <laughs> I was, but... was going to see how far you were going to go. The defense is very young, which is something it's... that Joe Judge really loved. And he also brought up like the three-year uh, rule. He brought up reading Bill Walsh's book when he had the two-year rule. He's like, now that guys are leaving early – they have less time, the 20-hour rule in college. He's like, you got to let these guys like play for three years before you fully uh, evaluate them, which I get. Obviously, we're going to be j- quick to judge things and, and look at stuff. But basically what he's saying is this team is really young. And def- like, defense is important. Unless I mean, I know PFF put out a, a literal tweet that said defense doesn't matter, but it does. It, it kind of does. You know, uh, <laughs> it kind of does. If if he said anything differently today, Bobby, if he said anything differently, I think people would be up in arms saying, well, this they would have gone through the same exact scenario that I just went through, going player by player, starter by starter, uh, saying this guy is here, this guy is at this point in his career, and the narrative would be that, you know what, we do need more defense, and the whole thing would have been, oh, Dave Gettleman's probably going to draft a wide receiver with the fourth pick. So, as long as it's not Jerry Judy the Jew. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So, uh, literally, like, I have no, I have no, I had no problem with that. And glad he 
knows that defense needs to be a priority. Good for Dave Gettleman. Uh, you want to get into the analytics piece? Because I feel like it's, it's kind but, of a good transition. But Justin, he also said offensive tackle is important too. And you can't uh you can't uh you can't win when your QB is on his back. So he also said that too. So we don't know what's gonna happen. Which is why it's helpful, which a lot of people need to remember this, which is why it's very helpful that there's both free agency and the draft, and the Giants have a decent amount of draft picks, and they also have a decent amount of money to address multiple holes and to address multiple things. And old Davey Gettleman said, you you go into free agency looking to fill holes. So for the sake of being able to draft best player available, um, and that's what he said, he drafts best player available. Although although any GM says that, even if it's not true, like no, like they'll never be like, eh, need. Well, we got to, you know, sometimes we'll put need over best player available. Uh, they just don't say that publicly because they'll get lambasted. Uh, so, right. thought that was interesting. All right, let's let's do the analytics. All right, let's play the clip. Play the clip. I can listen to that laugh all day. All right. One thing you have taught me very well is there are no throwaway lines anymore. That was a throwaway line, and you guys know it. But every opportunity you get, you stick it. We, we use it. We're involved in it. We're building a, you know, we're building a department. You know, it's listen. It's like it's just part of the tool. It's part of the tool set. So, yeah, we do it. I just don't go out discussing it. You know what I'm saying? Department. This episode is going to come off as like Dave Gelman worse just because he didn't say anything wrong really today. Um, but basically, that's I mean that's the way I look at analytics. I know you like them more than I do, but that's the way I look. It's, it's, it's a tool. It's a tool. You don't judge players solely off analytics, but it's a tool. And the whole like throwaway line, I agree with that. I know people aren't going to like that. He was a jokester when <laughs> these first couple of years in this press conference. Now this this off season, he has made a conscious effort to not do that because. People will take those lines and 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 like he said, just bring it, throw it back at them forever and ever and ever. So basically, I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty good answer. Bobby, uh, everyone likes to debate this, including myself, uh, from time to time in terms of oh, are the Giants using them? Are they not using them? And blah 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 blah. You can argue it till the cows come home, but right now, I'm exhausted talking about it and. At the end of the day, we have, we said the same point about Joe Judge. If he wins, we'll like him. If he doesn't win, you know we won't like him. Um, if the Giants win in 2020 and show signs of improvement, Dave Gettleman stays. And if they continue to lose, Dave Gettleman is gone. And I, in a way, I really do believe when Mara says it's not business as usual with the Giants. I do believe it, but to what extent? I don't know. But for this year, you know what, Bobby? It legitimately, unlike previous years where you're arguing, oh, Giants took a running back number two. Are they actually looking at positional value? Are they actually considering the benefits of trading back for years to come? Or are they just thinking about now? And are they thinking about 2018? Or are they focused on winning now? There's no there's no talk about that. There's no hypothetical talk about it anymore. Do the Giants win in 2020? Yes. Everybody keeps their jobs. Do the Giants lose in 2020? Yes. Everybody loses their jobs. There's literally no need to 
argue do they use it do they not use it are they are they considering this are they considering that there's no need to argue about it anymore because that literally for the first time in a few years because Eli's gone and finally we have a new quarterback in who's in his second year and it's go time if we don't see the production the conversation doesn't matter new people are coming in anyway Justin basically where I stand on it is do I think Dave Gettleman is going to start a Twitter account, make some weird profile picture that's not him, and be really snarky uh, and say that defense doesn't matter? No, I don't think he's going to do that. But do I think he's going to use analytics? Yes. I don't think it's going to play like a huge role into him drafting players, but I think he's it's going to be addressed. And I, I view analytics more so as for game tendencies, more game time decisions, whether, you know, go for it on fourth or kick a field goal or – running it on second down, stuff like that. I think that's where analytics is more important, more so than judging players. But anyways, like you said, Justin, there's really no need to debate about it because Dave Gettleman is the GM for this year. And like you said, if this team shows improvement, um, I'm not saying they need to be you know above 500, but if this team shows improvement and young players become more, you know, better and better, then everyone stays. If not, and if it's horrible and we win two, three games, and it just looks bad and guys aren't developing, then, you know, Gettleman's probably gone, which puts us in a horrible cycle. And was the main reason I said Gettleman should have went with Shermer was because of that cycle. Yeah, and that kind of framework on why it's, you know, kind of risky to keep Gettleman. Can we transition to talking about trading back? Yeah, do it. All right, so uh, we're open for business. That was the big tagline. That was the, uh, you know, if, if, if you're going to title an article something about the Giants trading back and what Dave Gunnelman has to say, that's going to be the tagline and that's going to be the headline that you're going to use. We're open for business. And like you said, Bobby, he hinted a few different times that, you know, we are open to trading back. And then he also hinted a few different times that, oh, you know what, we may just stay at four. You take best player available, yada, yada, yada. Now, one of the reasons he brought up immediately after he said we're open for business Dave Gettleman mentioned the fact that it's risky to trade back because let's just say he used this exact example. If you trade back from four to eight, what happened? You know, basically Gettleman brought up what happens when your four best players are taken off the board in between picks four through seven. You know, he brought up that hypothetical situation. Now, his rebuttal of why it is risky to trade back can be if it can be a bit flawed in my opinion because to say what if you trade four spots back and your four best players are taken before your pick bobby overall you should be able to trust your player evaluation process that even if you do let's just say trade back four spots you can find another elite player for your franchise uh, and you have to know and you have to consider that qb needy teams are going to be desperate to work with you and they ain't trying to trade up and get Isaiah Simmons. Like, th- if there are teams that are actively in a desperate position trying to trade up with you, they're not trying to get Isaiah Simmons. So I don't necessarily think, you know, I don't, I don't love the idea of trading, of trading back, and it's like, okay, we jump back to 15. I don't really enjoy that for the exact reason that Gettleman did outline, because you don't want all of your favorite players, all of the high, you know, your highest-graded players to go off the board, you know, and immediately – but the hall of value that you can get from a team that's in a desperate spot, that can't be ignored. And I think that's kind of a flawed way to approach it. Oh, just because our top four guys go off the board, if you jump back from four to eight, I think it's a flawed way to look at things because you need to trust your ability to 
evaluate players. And there's there's still good players out there, even if you drop back four spots. I think basically what he was saying is that if there's four Hall of Fame worthy players and you pass up on one of those, like you don't want to regret doing that. And he talked about that later on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live. So basically, it was a nothing answer, Justin. He didn't really, he didn't really. It was a nothing answer, which is good because then people can't pick up on anything and smokescreen season is like crazy. I mean, I mean, last year on draft day. It was Dave Gettleman is is zeroed in on defense, and we drafted a quarterback. So uh, I did think it was interesting in the Big Blue Kickoff Live, uh, shout out Sam Beal interview. He said, talking about trading back, you have to do it on draft night. That was interesting because you don't have to do it on draft night. Like the the Colts and Jets <laughs> didn't do it on draft night. Uh, so I, I just thought that was interesting that it has to be done on draft night when I don't think it has to be at all, especially when you, especially Justin, when you got the Detroit Lions in front of you, who may also not want a QB. You hope the parade doesn't come by, and we're just sitting here watching, and another team gets a really good deal. You know, if 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 you'll have a team that jumps back from three to five, or three to six, three to set, whatever, or two to five, or you know, where, where, whatever that draft order may be, it's it's tough. It's tough because if there's if there's anything and if there's any part where Gettleman did show his hand, it's that. So now the rest of those teams know if there's a team like the Jets, if there's a team like Washington that does want to trade back, they know that, guess what? The Giants aren't going to be trading back. If they are going to be trading back and if they are going to be negotiating with another team, nothing is going to be finalized until draft night. So if there's a time that he showed his hand, it's that. And now that I'm actually thinking of it, that's not something that I really that really makes me happy because he sh- did show his hand in terms of we are currently playing poker with Washington and the Jets. Just and we we're just partially to the time showed of the year, our hands. Where you could just say everything's a smokescreen. That is true. That is true. Very true. I hate smokescreens. Giants, ha- Gi- but let's let's keep this in mind. Giants have not been very good at holding their cards close to their chest. Barkley pick was leaked. Jones pick was leaked. Jones was leaked, but also. There was people saying that they were going to draft defense with the sixth overall pick on draft day last year too. So I can even go I can even go further to say how there have been certain decisions and certain things in the past that that, that have been leaked out that the Giants have done because they're not good at because they I I think they have a leaker within the organization. Every organization has a leaker. I don't think that's true. Flat out, I don't think that's true. I mean, Joe and Gruden and Mike Mayock literally. Just like fired the whole scouting staff a week before the draft because they they knew someone was leaked. I mean, people leak stuff. That's how that's how people get. That's how reporters get information. It's it's a favor favor business. Now may, now maybe not like the top up guy who knows stuff, but I mean somebody somebody leaked out. I can't remember who it was. It might have even been Jordan Reyna to that on draft day that Dave Gellman was going to draft defense with the sixth overall pick. So. It was leaked out that they liked Daniel Jones, no doubt. But it was, I mean, Dan, the Daniel Jones pick was a complete surprise. We were blown away at that. We Yeah, it was a complete surprise because nobody wanted to believe the leak. Nobody wanted to believe the leak that happened two days before the draft, Bobby. That's why it was a surprise, because nobody wanted to believe it. What about the leak that said they were picking defense on draft day? All right, I really, I, in all in all honesty, like talking about the why the Giants organization is flawed as a whole is, is not a conversation I want to have. Who's this but damn I, leaker? But I have, but I have a question about Dave Gettleman and trading. You can't handle back. the truth. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, you you can't handle it either. Clearly, so here's my main question for you in terms of Gettleman and trading back. 
honestly one that we can't answer with any certainty because nobody but Gettleman can in this case, but I still want your opinion about this. Do you feel Dave Gettleman feels pressured more or less to stay at four and pick a player that can help right now versus trading back and having to wait and see how those picks play out because his job is on the line this year? I think he feels more pressure to trade back because of everyone saying, trade back. You've never trade back. Why don't you ever trade back? Trade back. I, do, I actually think he feels more pressure on that. Then you have less pressure to get like the most amazing player. It's just more like, let's get a, a, some good players. And then, you know, more shots at it. So I, I actually feel he has more pressure to trade back than to stay at four. That's fair. I mean, I certainly feel when draft night comes, when draft night comes and you're going to have Thomas, you're going to have Wills, who Pro Football Focus accidentally called Willis this week. I thought that was a pretty hilarious spelling error when they when they put out a mock draft. You're going to have Wills. You're going to have Simmons. You're going to have Okuda all sitting there all nice and pretty, right? But Okuda. I didn't like Okuda's name. But Okuda. But the restraints on not saying Okuda Matata jokes is very much it's very much there right now in my soul and I can't I can't run with those jokes right now. But they're going to be sitting there all pretty and there's going to be an expectation that Gettleman's going to have draft night about the haul that he should be getting you know via via trade and it's not going to match up and I think he's going to cave and just take somebody at 4. Now, that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I in a way I would much rather take a left tackle for positional value reasons. I would much rather take a left tackle at four and just, you know, sure up that spot and do what we have to do for the rest of the draft compared to if we took Simmons or Akuda at four and didn't explore the possibility of trading back to a quarterback needy team. Trade with the team that you know is going to take a quarterback and they're not going to take one of your four Hall of Fame worthy players that you evaluated over this entire year. Yeah, I, I- We'll see what happens. I, like I said, I, I like the idea of trading back, but I also like the idea of taking and picking four. I know that I, I just played both sides of the fence. But also, and this is, you know, the most bland take of all time, but it takes two to tango. You can't just – you're not going to trade back for the 18th pick and a fifth-round pick. You know what I'm saying? It has to be worth uh, – the juice has to be worth the squeeze, as a wise man once said. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um – there are some Dave Gellman haters who are going to hate this episode so much. They're going to hate this episode because we didn't bash Gellman. It was just a very bland day of pressers, to be honest. I mean, here, here's where... All right. Here's, here's where you can bash Gellman, right? Because people are still talking about 2018. And, and it's, oh it's getting God. on my nerves. It's, it's, no, it legitimately is getting on my nerves. Because revisionist history is now... Okay, the Giants should have traded back because Josh Rosen doesn't look good and because we still don't know what Sam Darnold's doing. Revisionist history says, okay, the Giants should have traded back in 2018. Even though people like myself and people like probably you, Bobby, we were both big Josh Rosen fans. Now, it's still be I was a bigger Sam Darnold fan than Josh Rosen um, because of one, the injuries with Rosen and his like like life's mindset. I just thought, not to like bash that, just as far as football wise. And then last year, I was all in on the trade of the second-round pick for Josh Rosen. I still think Josh Rosen should get a shot with somebody. I thought the Steelers would be a good spot for him. I think Josh Rosen's going to be a backup for a very long time, and then he's going to be on a team by the time he's like maybe his late 20s, early 30s. He's going to be on a team, starting quarterback is going to get hurt, and he's going to ball out. That's no, my he, prediction about Josh he, Rosen's career. I don't think anyone has had a career like his to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
It's really weird. Like, and he dealt with a lot of drops. Very crappy situations. A couple of times with Miami too. Yeah. Very crappy situations. But anyways, back to this revisionist history that people like to talk about now, who criticized the 2018 draft. So the revisionist history says that he should have that he should have traded back. Now, what I what I think people's argument is is that because he did not trade back in 2018 and get that extra value, what he has to do now is almost make up for that blunder just by taking Saquon and you know ignoring positional value. Which I'm I'm partially on that boat, but I'm not on the boat of let's go back to 2018 and trade back just because now we know that. Darnold and Rosen are not the players that everybody thought that they were. I'm not for that, and I'm not I'm not going to be on that train and have that belief like some other people do. But people are going to view just sitting at four, and I and like and I may be a part of this train of if we just take Isaiah Simmons at four or Kuda at four, and not even explore trading back, that that would be an absolute asinine, terrible move for this organization to not try to garner value. And build through the draft like they say that they should, and not give themselves more opportunities to do so. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, they are exploring that, Justin. Uh, I think it's just you know right. But there's a difference between exploring it and doing it and getting it done. This organization has not gotten it done. Yeah, but it has to be the right deal, though, Justin. Like we can't. We also. I don't want to pretend that we know things that Correct. we don't. Too. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like we like like the whole trading back um, in 2018. I don't know what the Jets offer the Giants, you know, before the Leonard Williams trade with with their new GM Joe Douglas. They were they, they had never made a trade together, so I don't know. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But the people who cite Benjamin Albright about oh Denver offered that, get out of here. Though those are the worst kind of rumors in the world, like post post draft rumors. Um, remember Matt Miller said Landon Collins they got they got offered a first rounder for him. Don't believe any kind of rumor that comes out after the fact. Basically, what I'm saying. So, like, we have no idea what they were offered in 2018 either. I'm not saying they weren't offered. The, here's the here's my overall point. Either. No, here's my overall point. And you're talking nonsense right now. You're just you're just giving excuses. Teams have gotten this done before. The Rams have found a way to get it done. Teams have found a way to get hauls and to get good value out of trading out of draft spots before. It's not impossible. But there's a team in front of us that doesn't necessarily need a QB. No, there's two teams in front of us that don't need QBs. Yeah, but I think the Redskins are staying pat. Teams have found a way to get it done before. And that and that is that's my rebuttal to basically the people that say and and I and I believe you. I, I believe you that we shouldn't if if this doesn't happen, we will probably never know and we probably may never fully believe if, even if a report does come out post draft about this is what the Giants were offered. Wouldn't fully believe it, but teams have gotten it done before. So let's not act like it's impossible. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to pretend to know something that I don't. I mean, look at last year. Right. Did the Giants want Daniel Jones? Did they want Daniel Jones more than they wanted Quentin Williams? Yes. Did they have to trade up? You know what I'm saying? Like, did the Jets trade back with them? Did the Raiders trade back with them? No, because they just kind of, like, all right, well, we're not getting the offers that we want. We're going to pick. We're going to pick what we're picking. And like you said, everyone knew they loved Daniel Jones. You said it. There's um. There's some basic. There's some Leonard Williams talk. Um. There's some Leonard Williams and pa- and and pass rusher talk Let's that we can get to that we can kind of wrap up on. Let's finish it off. Yeah. Um. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Dave Gettleman was talking about the value of pass rushers and how the value of those pass rushers and some of these pass rushers like Yannick Ngakwe today came out and said that he's going to be asking for around twenty-two million dollars, and that would be. 
that asking price would be the highest amount uh, an edge rusher would be paid in the National Football League. So Dave Gettleman pointed out as that trend is happening, as that trend is going on with edge rushers and edge guys are going to be asking for more. Basically, the positions that are around them are also going to be asking for more. So my brain automatically jumped to Leonard Williams. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, for Dave Gettleman, could that be a justification for not keeping Leonard Williams? Or is that like a PR sign that to him that, yeah, uh, we know that your position is increasing in value and we recognize that for you. Um, It could also just mean nothing. But at the end of the day, I like to kind of think about these things. So there you go. That happened, and I thought that was significant. My thought on it is what edge rusher is making Leonard Williams look better? What edge rusher is making Leonard Williams look better? Yeah, zero. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand your question. Well, like the whole like, there's edge rushers who make guys on the inside look better. When it's like, well, the like Marcus Golden is pretty good, but I don't think he was like just elevating the talent around him. Right. Um, right. The Leonard Williams trade sucks. I hate that trade as much as like. You could say the Alec Ogletree trade is the worst. At least you can get be like you can make sense. Like they like that player. They traded a draft pick for that player who they had control of for the next three years. Whereas with the Leonard Williams, it's just the more you try and understand, the the less you understand it, honestly. And uh, this isn't me like freaking out because we don't have an extra third round pick. I, I get I get the odds of third round picks, but it's just I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me, and it, it really never will. He- he is he is aware that he will be killed if he does not sign Leonard Williams back. But don't worry, Dave Gettleman's got thick skin. Now, whenever he throws out like those one-liners like that as a response to a He's question, a as a response, skin. as a, as a res- yeah, rhino skin, excuse me. Uh, whenever he throws out like those wise-ass comments, part of me thinks that he knows that he's feeling the heat. Because he hasn't done that a lot this offseason. He, like, he hasn't He hasn't done that a lot about like those, those wise-ass one-liners. So he knows he's feeling the heat about Leonard Williams because Bobby, we've said it on the show before when we reviewed the defense alignment position, they have to re-sign him to make the trade worth it. And I think he is worth it. I think, listen, I've said this many times. I am glad that Leonard Williams is a giant. The trade doesn't make sense to me. I would rather just overpaid for him in free agency. Anyways. I agree. Should we beat that horse for the next 10, like three years? Like 2022? Like, yes, but look at this. I don't know. I was, I was just making a joke about the 2018 draft talk. Oh, yeah. Should we, should we talk about even after Gettleman is fired? Most I'm not going to say most likely. That's that's such a Even after I don't know why. I'm feeling, celebrating a Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm feeling so doomsday right now. I don't know why. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. After Dave Gettleman wins the Super Bowl, we're still going to be looking back at uh, this three years from now saying that, you know what, but there was that one move. There was that got, one move hey, listen, where we gave we away that coach. early. We got our QB. Now we need to just go and get our trophy. That is a line. I'm going to tweet that out right now. Okay, tweet it out. Um, Jordan Ronan reports that Gettleman said to the media that he does not expect any of the top pass rushers to hit the open market besides Jadavion Clowney, which I guess you have to define. How do you actually define top-tier pass rusher? Ngakwe is there, but do you also consider a guy like Matt Judon to be there too? I don't know. But I thought that was significant that Dave Gettleman is thinking those things, and that's how he's evaluating free agency. And that's it. That's all that I have. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who gets uh, who gets franchise tagged and and all that stuff. It's, it's just it's just speculation. Praying, at this point. praying the Giants do not sign Yannick Ngakwe. Praying. 
You hate Ngakwe. I don't hate him like you do. Somebody even tried to pull the whole, oh, but in 2018, uh, he didn't have this rotation of three other guys that were taking snaps from him. Hey, that's my guy you're talking about. Who? Uh, that guy that quote-tweeted me? Yeah. Well, he, he tried us. to pull that BS with me and say, oh, but there's this there's this rotational thing going on. And I'm like, literally, Yannick Ngakwe was on the field for more snaps this year than he was out of his entire career. So I don't know what you're talking about. I think the point he was making is that other guys took stats away from him. Like, if you have three wide receivers instead of two wide receivers. No, they didn't. I know, but that's the point he was making. <laughs> well, he was wrong. I'm, I'm kind of an asshole tonight. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I'm a jerk tonight. I, I See, this is what happens when you don't ask my headspace to start the episode, because I'm tired oh, and I'm cranky, because oh, we're recording pretty late. An hour later, you come back to that. Okay. We had stuff to talk about, kid. We did. I know. Kid? Oh, gosh. You call... Oh, no. No, you call me kid. I'm not I'm not freaking Pat Leonard. You're not Dave Gettleman, and I'm not your Pat Leonard. Don't call me kid. Let it go, Pat. <laughs> Freaking stupid reporters trying to just get headlines. I swear to God, they were begging him to just say something about Daniel Jones. Like, come on, say something, say something, please. We need a he- we need to make our own story. Anyways, that's the show. Jeez, we'll be back Friday. Yeah. We love you. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>